Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District. And every week, we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we spend time with Katie O'Meara. She teaches at Robert C. Fissler School in Fullerton, California. Join us and take a listen. Well, Katie, welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're very happy to have you. Um, and so uh, we're going to start this episode off with just asking you how you got into teaching. So what the, what was that like for you? Um, well, I when I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to be a high school theater teacher. And oh. um, so I my high school theater teacher went to Cal State Fullerton. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go there too. Of course. Um, yeah. So I started my first trimester in the theater department and it was way too like hippy dippy for me and i was like i cannot do this um, uh, i'm gonna run that tape back <laughs> hippy hippy dippy yeah it was like too touchy feely for me okay um and so the second trimester i did um english only because okay. i thought well, you just have to have your credential in english so yeah. i'll do that and that was too boring so then i did both so i double majored in theater and english oh, wow. um and then i had to teach high school theater as part of my education, like for two weeks. Yeah. And so when I was like 20, I went to yeah. Fullerton High School. Yeah. And I tried to teach tried. their advanced theater <laughs> for two weeks at Fullerton High School. And I was like, oh no, this is <laughs> not for me. Like, this is bad. No, what, thank you. What happened? Um, they ju It was, uh, you know, 17 and 18 year old kids, and I'm 20, and I'm trying to teach them, and I have no, I had not even had a teaching class yet. Oh like, and so they just threw you to the wolves, kind of, and, and I did not know what to do. And I remember giving them homework that was like, I did like theatrical makeup unit. Okay. And so I was giving them homework that was like color and like make a collage of your inspiration from magazine clipping. No, they would not do it. Like They, they just, wouldn't do they it. They just thought I was a joke. And I was, I was. Oh. So I, I was like, this is maybe not what I want to do. So wow. I finished both of my degrees, but I didn't get my credential. Um, so I went on. Were you devastated? I just was like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> and then I went, um, I was, a, my first job out of college was like an auto insurance claims adjuster. And then okay. I, um, after that, I was a wedding coordinator. Okay. And then I did weddings for like three years, and I was like, I, I hate this. I, I, <laughs> I'm over weddings. I really don't. I can't do this forever because people. It's like the biggest day of their life, and I'm like, calm down. Like <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like <laughs> I was like, this is probably time to go. And so I thought, well, maybe I just got the age level wrong. Um, so I thought okay, maybe elementary was what I should have done. Huh. And so I went back um, to school and I got my um, multiple subject credential and I was like, oh, this makes all the difference. But it really? was probably also like, you know, the extra years of life experience. True, true. So I got my credential um, and uh, through Cal State Fullerton again. And then um, 
I started working in South LA right out of um, the credential program because it was kind of a really hard time to find a teaching job. So it wasn't student teaching, it was like you got hired. I did student teaching um, in Fullerton, Los Alamitos, and then I got hired in South LA. So um, like off the 110 in Slauson at a charter school and it was a brand new school. Um, first year school and it was like the hardest thing I've ever done and I didn't even have a teaching partner I didn't have a curriculum and I just had to I learned a ton um, really fast but but I was excited for the opportunity to move closer to home and and have a curriculum and things like that as resources so um, three years after I did that I got hired at Fullerton so just walk me through not not the details of the the first year but the lessons learned because you you said you didn't have a curriculum mm-hmm. but then you you taught the you know, <laughs> during that year so so what did you learn and how did you get by what did you do um, so lots of creativity um, lots of um, just learning what good instruction design looks like um, with you know following a model where you you demonstrate it and then you have activities and you reteach and just learning that kind of system and then trying to create it on your own. Um, and so it was really tough trying to find quality resources just online. And what I figured out um, probably a few months into the job was I, I was spending all this time looking for resources and I realized if I create them myself, it's mm. faster. Mm. in the long run and it's exactly what I want instead of trying to yeah. get something quick that is you know what what someone else created that doesn't work for me right. so it really uh, it taught me so much so fast about making quality materials yeah. um, and and kind of how to um, have confidence in myself mm. you know like like oh I could do it better yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm going to yeah um, but it was it was hard I was lots of crying <laughs> <laughs> lots of crying that was a surprise <laughs> I mean I, I probably cried in my first year teaching too um, but I not over lesson planning <laughs> it was classroom management for me mm-hmm. but um, so that's interesting so the idea I can make a resource for my students that's like tailor-made like it fits um, we have a train oh. if our listeners are hearing that noise in the background oh. and Katie's rolling her eyes and <laughs> looking like, around this? yeah there's a there's a train next door to us oh. <laughs> um, so that idea of crying over like resources and trying to fabricate out of mm-hmm. nothing um, so if you if you just had a chance to work with let's say new teachers um, what advice would you give them based out of what you learned that year or, or since? Um, I would say, you know, that don't get so hung up on being perfect because I think a lot of teachers are perfectionists mm. and so I think that was what was really hard for me is that like there's such a huge learning curve to teaching and I think probably more than many careers, you know, there's just such a huge learning curve and you're a perfectionist and you want to do so good and you constantly feel like you're failing in your first year because you have so much to learn and so to like give yourself some grace Mm. but just learn as much as you can from those around you like it's okay to ask for help you don't have to do everything on your own Um, but if you do end up in a situation where you don't have a lot of support like you can create your own stuff and it's okay Um, and you know if you're a new teacher in Fullerton the nice thing is we do have curriculum (laughs) to start from as a resource and we do have you know um, like I personalize and things that can like help set you up to have a starting point which I didn't have Um, but 
the, the district is, uh, there's a lot of resources available in our district to mm -hmm. help new teachers like that. That's great. So let's say tomorrow you were given, let's say, a new teaching adventure or assignment that you hadn't done before. Um, how would you talk yourself through it or walk yourself through it? What would you say going into something brand new? And how many years have you been teaching? Eight. Eight. So, like, this is year nine and it's all brand new. What do you say to yourself? Uh, just, I, I'm always like trying to make sure I'm prepared. So, luckily, I would probably have the summer to plan. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do a lot of research on whatever I can to like learn more about my craft. Like when I got hired in the district, um, I had never used Mac products before ever. Oh. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm at the laptop school. I'm at Fistler and <laughs> like, I'm going to be a joke. I don't know any of I'm this. <laughs> and I like how you internalize that. I'm going to be a joke. Uh, well, I knew the kid, I'm in sixth grade. I knew the kids were going to give me, you know, the hardest time if I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I th I looked for what, well, how can I learn this? And so um, the MacBook store, I found out has all of these free classes that you can sign up for. So it's like a one hour workshop on every different program. And oh. so I went to, they don't have all of the classes at all the same places. So yeah. I went to Brea and I went to Irvine <laughs> and I went to um, Santa Monica. I went to Santa Monica <laughs> for one. Yeah, but I, I took like an intro course in every single program, just at least so I had some sort of familiarity so I could like fake it till I made it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I would just try and do as much research as I could to try to prepare. But then at the end of the day, you have to be willing to throw it out the window when you need to. Like, um, that's another lesson I learned like at the beginning of teaching is sometimes you you plan so hard and then it goes awry and you have to be like, oh, it's okay to table this for the day. Yeah. Come up with an alternative strategy and start again tomorrow. Cause I think a lot of new teachers will, you know, try and do it, do it, do it into the ground when you already realize it's not working. And so yeah. it's okay to say that didn't work and I'm gonna stop. We don't need to keep going down the wrong path. We can change it. Yeah. So how do you, um, when you're when you're faced with that moment of like, I need to reset, um, where does that come from? Because a lot of people would be like, well, I've already put in effort to do that. Maybe mm -hmm. I should stick with it. How do you kind of find it within yourself? Like what, what goes on? What's the self-talk that goes on where you're like, okay, honestly, what should happen here is X and move in a different direction? I think, um, I think it's just something that comes with a little bit more time and knowledge because I think as a, as a new teacher, it's hard to see it. Like mm. it's hard to see it. You get in there and you're like, but it's, I did the, uh, I did all the X, Y, and Z and this should be the, you know, outcome and it's not working. But I think just, just saying, you know, that, that the fact that it's not working doesn't define you as mm. an educator and you don't have to force that to work um, yeah. to, to validate yourself, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's takes more um, more um, sometimes integrity and intelligence yeah. to say like you know what this wasn't yeah this wasn't my best work. I thought it was going to be great and, yeah. and and I had logical flaws for that, but I learned. Yeah. You know, I learned something today, and I'm going to stop right yeah. now and I'm going to adjust it so it can be better tomorrow. Yeah. You know, because teaching is all about growth, like forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Growth forever. Yeah. You, you said there's so much in what you just said. I just want to <laughs> unpack it a little bit and spend some time there. So you said something, I don't know if these were your exact words, but something like, I am not my teaching. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Like the fact that what you tried in the classroom doesn't define who you are. Mm -hmm. I am not my planning. Mm -hmm. Like I've laid these plans out, but how that plan turns out in the real world doesn't define who I am. Mm -hmm. That's a very deep and uh, a philosophically, I don't know, attainable for everyone yeah. <laughs> because we tend to kind of measure ourselves by what we're able to produce in the real mm -hmm. world. So how do you, I would say that comes from somebody who doesn't have control issues. Uh, <laughs> I oh, don't know how you... Uh, <laughs> I definitely don't know if people would agree with that about me. But <laughs> because you, you are organized. I mean, we're going to get to the quotes and people yeah. talk about your organization and your planning and your hard work. But like, so yeah, how do you have that going on where you're, you're putting in the hard work and planning, but then you're also able to say okay, this is not going to define me because that's that's just, I don't know. What do you, how do you talk yourself through that? I, I, again, I think it's something that's just, I've been able to realize over time as I build more confidence in myself and my teaching career. I think um, I'm, I'm really hard on myself in general, but I think that one thing I have confidence in is that I am a hard worker and I always try my best and I always have the best of intentions and so that the fact that I know that about myself like it's always easy to um, give myself the benefit of the doubt and like I, I tried my best like this wasn't it didn't turn out the way I wanted to but mm. I know I always gave it a hundred percent so if you're always giving your it a hundred percent even if it doesn't turn out how you expected like you can't be mad at yourself yeah. for that you know what I mean and it doesn't mean that I didn't beat myself up like that over things for years and it doesn't mean that <laughs> I, I don't still struggle with that right. at times but I think ultimately I have confidence in my work ethic and ability yeah. and so it's easier to just say like well this was just a bad plan it didn't go the way I right. wanted to how can I change it right. to make it better right yeah I think that's um, it's interesting I think that's something arrived at over time and through experience and yeah that's I think uh, like a place of wisdom where you're like, and, and then also you have a value that's not necessarily perfection or outcome. The value is also something more aligned to like the journey. Like mm -hmm. it's hard work in the journey. I did that and that sort of validates me and who I am. Mm -hmm. um, so having that value is, um, it's interesting. It's less outcome focused and more process focused or like yeah. just valuing the journey. When you just said that, that made me think of like, um, you know, so sometimes you, you're in the classroom day after day and you're like, we are behind. We're not going to get, like, how am I going to get these kids ready? We're not in the place where we need to be. Oh my gosh, I've only done three standards in the last month or whatever it is. Right. And you're like, ah. but then, you know, somehow by the end of the year, like all of those little things have added up and yeah. like, oh, we did it. <laughs> like, we got there, and, and we're you, okay. I know, and you, and it's like it, it's with teaching. It kind of starts over every year. You start from the beginning, and you're like pushing it up the hill again. You know, trying to get to the top of the mountain, and yeah. and it's sometimes I think it's hard to see that you know you're you've made progress up the mountain, but mm -hmm. you don't realize it because it's made up of all these little tiny moments. Yeah, you know, and not every moment is perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, okay, we're going to dive into some quotes, some things that people said about you. Normally, we ask three people. I, I think I see four responses here, so that's interesting. So I have to make sure I, I'm always looking. Um, so uh, your husband, Andrew, mm -hmm. gave us some feedback. Um, 
your, I think your mom, somewhere. Does that sound right? Yeah. I, yep, your mom, I Jan. Gave, I gave an alternate because my husband isn't always the best with words. Oh, and I knew he okay. would, would okay. feel pressure, so I, well, I gave you an alternate. And <laughs> Christina Chong and um, your principal, uh, Julianne. So, um, so I'm going to, okay, we're going to play a game. Okay. So I'm going to say those are four people and I'm going <laughs> to say the word that they said to define you oh, okay. or represent you and I'm just going to have you guess. Okay. Okay. So husband, mom, Christina, or Julianne. Okay. So um, let's see. How should I do this? I'll say one word and you have a guess. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is gonna be tough. I don't. I'll be <laughs> impressed. It's more for the conversation than getting it right. Um, I will say the word is um, determined. Um, my mom. Close, close. That, <laughs> that was that was your husband. Oh, okay. Not quite my mom. Who's <laughs> <laughs> family? Who's family? What does that mean to you? Um, I think just like I. If I set my mind to something, I'm going to do it. Mm. And I <laughs> related not that, the, that my mom was the one that said that, but my mom, when I was telling her I was going to go back to school to get my teaching credential, that it was so hard to find a job at that time. She mm. was like, um, you know, don't do that. She, she flat out told me don't. Like, <laughs> um, she didn't think it was a good idea because I wouldn't be able to get a job. And I said, she's like, there's no jobs. And I said, there's going to be a job and I'm going to get that job, <laughs> you know? And, and so when I really do set my mind to something, like it's, I will make it happen. That's impressive. <laughs> That's impressive. And I got hired right in May in when they said it couldn't be, couldn't be done. Yeah. <laughs> so your mom, your mom said devoted. Mm. And then... I would call it cheating, but she said devoted means, and then she gave <laughs> it. She said caring, loyal, faithful, true, staunch, steadfast, constant, committed, dedicated, <laughs> uh, devout, fond, loving, and affectionate. <laughs> so tell me what that means to you, devoted. I I think she should have just said determined because she tried to <laughs> she tried to encapsulate all of those um, adjectives. You know I. I think it, it's kind of going along those same lines of like being strong-willed mm. in a sense, like yeah, yeah, devoted. Like you're all in for the cause, like mm -hmm. what it, whatever it's gonna take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay, here's we'll do one more. Um, so, so is this your principal or is this Christina Chong, your your colleague? And um, the word is hardworking. Um, I think it could be either. <laughs> I mean, because it, 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 they both know me in the same context, you know no, what I mean? That's true, that's um, true. But I, I'll go with Christina. That's great. Perfect score right there. Nice. So she actually wrote a little bit, so I'm going to read okay. that. So she said, um, um, although there are many positive words to describe Katie, one word would be hardworking. When I long-term subbed at Fistler and had the opportunity to work with Katie, I was in awe of how hard she worked and how she did everything for the student's best interest. She was always looking to do what was best for students and it motivated me to work hard too. She was thorough in her lesson planning and super well organized, which helped our team so much to execute everything required of us. So what do you think about that? <laughs> think it's like the pot calling the kettle black, you know, because <laughs> Christina is like the hardest working person I've ever met in my life. Um, but, but, you know, um, I, 
like I'm all in. Like I, I don't know how to do something at half <laughs> mast or whatever you want to call it, half yeah. force. Um, so I and that that can be a blessing and a curse, you know. Mm. Um, so it's it's it helps me. But then I also, if you take on too many things and you have to do everything at yeah, full, full force, yeah. like, um, but that's that's just yeah. how I kind of am. But Christina does every everything she possibly can do, every above and beyond thing. That's <laughs> Christina. <laughs> so in that in that context of y yeah, you do things full uh, full on. But then, how do you balance taking care of yourself? Like, what's your insight after you know years of teaching? What's, um, how do you know when you're, you're at your limit? Or how do you say no to a project that you wanna do, but you realize then that means giving half on something else? Like, how do you, how do you think through that as an educator? Because there's so many valuable things to commit to. Yeah, I think I, it's not something that I have mastered at all yet, you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's just not. I, I think that it's hard to say no sometimes when it's, when it's something that you recognize is valuable and you want to help, it's it's hard to say no, and I I don't do a good job of saying <laughs> no. And I think when I when I realize that it's time to say that is when I've already taken on too much sometimes, mm. and then I'll be crying. You know, mm. there's 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 tears and frustration mm. and stuff of of being overworked and stuff. And then, you know, you realize you get to a point where you realize now I've done so much or I'm doing so many things that I'm not doing my best at my original position mm. because I'm not able to be as focused and present in the classroom every single day. And so then it's having conversations with like my team or saying like, hey, I need, I need some support here, team. Or hey, my principal, I need some support. Or yeah. hey, IIS, help yeah. me. <laughs> help. Help. Yeah. So, um, and then just knowing okay that was capacity what can we scale yeah. back so that you can do your best work yeah. at max capacity yeah. and then try not to get to that point again but yeah. you probably will <laughs> probably and then will. you'll have to figure it all out again <laughs> yeah. it's interesting that theme of or that idea of asking for help um it's so hard when he, talk about that this is yeah. so hard i think and, and maybe i'm wrong in the a lot of teachers are perfectionist thing, but I, I see that. Hmm. And so I think if you are that perfectionist personality type, it can be hard to admit that like you can't do it on your own or that mm. you can't do everything. And I struggle with that all the time. Mm. You know, that's, yeah, I hate asking for help. <laughs> but you recommend it at the same time. You should. <laughs> you don't, should. don't do what I do, do what I say. <laughs> that's interesting. So how, like, let's say you were working with a young teacher, new teacher, um, how would you tell them to be aware of that balance? And how, how, how would you say to somebody, you need to ask for help when? You know, because it, it is a lot of times it's, it's ego and it's pride and it's perception, how people view you. But sometimes, like, we're asked to do too much. Mm -hmm. And so it's really critical to ask for help. So. Mm -hmm. How would you say that to somebody who has not, doesn't have the experience you have? Um, I think, you know, it's just, you have to recognize when you don't have any work-life balance. I think teachers are mm. really, we don't have good work-life balance, many of us. And so um, 
there's a certain extent where, you know, sometimes it's going to be like that for a little while. But if you mm. feel like that all day, every day, mm. and you're working all weekend, like that's not going to be beneficial for you in the long run. Mm. And, and to be able to recognize that ahead of time and ask for support, because that's, that's kind of how I felt at the charter school is because I had to make every, all my curriculum and I had to turn in a lesson plan for every single lesson I was going to teach for the entire week on mm -hmm. Sunday night there was no weekend you know and so mm. um, if you feel like you don't have that time to step away like and disconnect at all mm -hmm. that's not healthy for anybody and again and, uh, sometimes I need help with that too <laughs> but 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 you know you recognize that, that that's still true yeah. even if we don't always follow it as much as we should yeah we have, uh, we have a few minutes left. Uh, we're not in danger of running over our time, but I did want to kind of shift to some, um, some other topics. I don't want to skip these because they came up in more than one uh, uh, person's comments. And so um, theater, musical theater. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a drama degree, a theater degree. You love musicals. And mm -hmm. you would, uh, this is a quote, you would pay a pretty penny to get good seats. <laughs> uh, tell me more about that. Um, that's, my family is very, um, my dad's side of the family was very like theatrical. My grandma is actually the voice of Wilma Flintstone oh, um, and wow. Pebbles on the Flintstones and Rosie the Robot on the Jetsons. Wow. And her husband who died before I was born um, was like a, the head of NBC for a little bit. And then wow. my dad was a film editor and my uncle was on Broadway <laughs> and stuff. So we just have that kind of like bug. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing Phantom of the Opera when I was like six or something. I mean like, oh my gosh, this is life. This is everything <laughs> I want. Um, and so we've always just gone to a lot of theater. And then in high school I did theater. Yeah. And then going to Cal State Fullerton to do theater. Yeah. Um, it's just like a, a passion of mine that I just enjoy. And so. Um, so go back to high school theater. Yeah. Because that's sometimes um, extracurricular opportunities are like the strongest bond. Mm -hmm. Like they're they mean more. They're like unique to us. Mm -hmm. they're, I mean, everyone else has the core um, classes, but I chose theater. Mm -hmm. Like. Talk a little bit about your experience during that time, like maybe one high, one low, just to flesh that out. Well, and, and I hear what you're saying about like the like the core connections. My my core people actually in high school were choir. I did choir and theater. Oh, okay. I took awesome. summer school every year so I could have two electives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smart. But, but so I started in ninth grade. I started with choir. Yeah. And so that I was in every year. Awesome. Um, and then for. Um, theater I actually didn't I wanted to do it but I was yeah. too scared uh. I was I didn't have the confidence in myself to do that it was too scary because in choir you sing together you know you right. don't you're, you you yeah. have safety in numbers yeah. um, so it was a mom um, that was a choir and theater mom her kids did both she was like you know I really think that you would be good for this part like I mm. really think you should audition for this play and it was my it was my junior my junior year, beginning of my junior year, and I was like, that's like really scary. And I and I was taking theater at that point, like as a class, but I wasn't planning to audition. And she, a friend was like, will you help me, you know, audition? And so I got, I was reading the script and stuff and I was like, 
I, I like I wanted it so bad, but I just wasn't confident in that. Like yeah. that's I'm really confident in my work ethic. I'm not really confident in my performance art skills. Yeah. Like yeah. I can teach it to you, but I I don't know about like doing it myself. Um, those who can't teach, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I ended up auditioning and I got the part. Um, and it was such a, a high. Like that's I was awesome. it was so amazing. And then that was like where my love really was because yeah. you can bring the music and the theater yeah. together yeah. and then it's it's magic that's cool yeah. that's cool is there any kind of hold over from that as because some people will say you know teaching is kind of a performance you mm -hmm. know and you're you're always you know and some people say it's sales <laughs> you know <laughs> trying to convince the students to do something um but how do you see that background, like in the classroom? Like, what do you think? It's really funny because you know we're doing the Thrively mm -hmm. assessment, and yeah. so I took the Thrively assessment okay. with the kids. I did not get teacher as yeah. <laughs> one of my things, but I got that I would be really good in like the performance arts or hospitality. And I was like, well, basically, <laughs> if you put performance <laughs> arts and hospitality together, it is teaching. teaching. <laughs> and so I, I was like, yeah, that like that is cool. and and so you kind of you kinda get a captive audience all day. There's right? something that's nice about the ego for that, right? <laughs> Someone who likes to perform, you have a captive audience. Yeah. And so I am very goofy um, in class with my kids to try and get them engaged because they're yeah. sixth graders and some yeah. of them are fun and some of them are too cool for school cool. and you're like, I'm like you're 11 <laughs> you're 12 like if you're already this serious life is going to be really boring <laughs> for you up. like come on <laughs> and so I dance around and I make a fool of myself and stuff and That's we awesome. have a morning every class gets to pick their theme song so we have a, a theme song that they come into oh, and the kids cool. that will like roll their eyes at right. me like if I'm singing or dancing to the theme song I'm like oh let me get up in your face more <laughs> hey hey you don't like this come on let's dance like have a good time so yeah I, I definitely have a little theatrics in the classroom that's cool I love that connection was there a low point in theater uh, we're almost out of time but was there a low point in theater or choir just that because it's it was a space where you were really heavily invested, like it meant a lot to you. Um, it's something that was tough to work through. Um, <laughs> solos in choir, mm. like, cause safety in numbers, right? right. You have confidence, yeah. oh, sorry. You have confidence when there's safety in numbers. And I remember we used to sing at Disneyland for like magic oh. music days. So we would go to Disneyland and sing and I had to do a solo for Beauty and the Beast. And that was the worst solo I ever heard. Like, <laughs> like not many notes came out, and what did were very squeaky. It was very bad, um, and I and that's something that I've sh I, I struggle with confidence in that in front of people, and so I d really don't like doing it in front of people. Wow. And I just never got over that kind of stage fright, especially singing. Like I can act in front of you, and it yeah. doesn't bother me. But singing, hmm. I don't have the confidence in my voice to feel comfortable, so I'm always really nervous. But yeah. um, what was kind of redemption was um, Fissler does a staff talent show. Oh, okay. And so I was like, this you came know up. what? This came it up, did? yes. Oh, that's funny. Yes, so um, tell me about the staff talent show. So just Fissler does a staff talent show, and so I was like, okay, like everyone participates, everyone does this, like I have to do something. And so I thought, <sighs> as much as it's gonna like pain me, maybe I can try and do that. Like maybe I can try and sing. And so <laughs> I've done, I think three or four years I, I sang. Wow. And it was, even though like I'm still very critical and I don't think that I'm very good necessarily, I know I'm not awful, 
but I'm not like, yeah. you know, great. Yeah. But it was kind of like redemption. Like I was able to get through it and do it and, mm -hmm. and do it in surprisingly a space that felt really safe because it was like all of the kids and they, they're just happy you're doing anything, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? And so it, it's, I think that I've actually grown in confidence, even though I still get red and hives and nervous like doing <laughs> it. I think I've grown in confidence just because I was able to get back up there as an adult, that's you know, cool. and try it. That's really cool. And that's such a great lesson because so many things that we sort of change our minds on mm -hmm. when we were young because of a bad experience, we don't need to abandon it, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's tied to like a passion area or mm -hmm. something that we're really into. Um, that should be encouraging for other people who are listening to, yeah, go back and revisit those things that you were passionate about that maybe you got hurt around, mm -hmm. but but don't let it go. Um, the quote from Christina about the, the talent show is, um, she said, I admire her for wanting to go on stage and sing at the school talent show as I would never have the courage to do that. <laughs> um, and she says, I'm very thankful to have met her, to have the opportunity to work with her and call her a friend. Um, so there's a couple of big, um, your mom wrote a lot, and <laughs> your husband, like a lot. Yeah. Like, like I, I could easily say, <laughs> these are the most words written for an interview. You can see where I get my <laughs> thoroughness from, right? <laughs> um, but then your husband, they also, both your husband and your mom talked about your first teaching assignment quite a bit. And we touched on that a little bit. I'm, I'm just going to let that go. But I did want to end with one passage. Um, so this is from your husband. So he says, um, being your husband, I would have to say one of the most significant moments is when I knew Katie was the one for me and knew how much she cared for others. Do you know what the moment is? I think so. Okay, I'll just keep going. Uh, <laughs> it was the first year we were dating. I took her trick-or-treating with my oh, niece. Okay. This was the first time she had met my niece who was four. My niece connected with Katie right away. She wanted to go with her to each house and Katie made sure she was with her crossing the street. Watching Katie get along with my niece and my family that night was enough to know she was a keeper. <laughs> um, so you remember that? Yeah. So what, what does that mean to you? Because that's kind of a different memory or association than teaching or curriculum. It's just, what, what was that bond? I, I think, you know, I, I honestly, like little kids, like never really seem to like me that much in my, like, in my, um, <laughs> my personal life you know what I mean like I don't I don't like didn't like, I don't know I didn't <laughs> you don't know that I didn't really connect with little kids very much and stuff and so I think as after I got my teaching you know credential and stuff that kind of disappeared a uh -huh. little bit and so she I actually interviewed her for my teaching um, credential program for for something oh, and really? like used her for reading and stuff um, but yeah I just remember like kind of the parents were not necessarily watching as as closely as I would want to watch a four-year-old <laughs> and so like I was like no 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 you need to hold my hand like you need to come come with me come come here you know <laughs> and stuff so I just I just remember kind of being overly protective and like worried about her safety yeah. and stuff because I I would not let my kid run across the street and stuff and, and so I wanted to make sure she was she was safe and yeah. then I love Halloween and dressing up and stuff so it was it's just it's a good the theater time. again yeah <laughs> it's, it's, the totally. it's my favorite holiday so we just had Halloween did you dress up it's my first year I haven't <gasps> I know what? really I know. I know we it's okay we you know you get to that certain point where you're like old and you, no one does anything anymore <laughs> and you're like, we have nowhere to go last year I dressed up as like a lion tamer and I passed out candy as a lion tamer and that That's was Good. But I mean, like, and, I, and we get like 10 trick or treaters, so I didn't um, put in the effort this year. Yeah. 
It's discouraging. You know? <laughs> well, that that's our time. I had a, a, a great time, an exceptional time. So thank you very much for Thanks, taking well. time. Thanks for having me. All right. <laughs>